Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary's 25th bonus episode. Yeah. So what's up? How are you been doing uh, today, Dylan? Well, I just got home from uh, an exodus of sorts from Meyer. Uh, Any of our listeners from the Midwest uh, know Meyer well, especially the Michigan area. And I was online for an hour. (laughs) Uh, didn't expect that. You know, it is a Sunday. Uh, I think that was a bad day to go grocery shopping. So I am here uh, several hours late from uh, what we originally planned. But, you know, I'm alive. I'm here. One other thing is um, if you're on the Discord, you might be following the saga of the two kittens mm. that I rescued. One of them we rehomed. No Boots is now Charlie, and he is now um, rehomed. Nice. And... Boots, as we were originally calling for him, actually escaped. He actually managed to squeeze his little body out into the balcony <laughs> and I guess jumped. We're on the second floor. Wow. So he jumped. You know, we it's really a mystery. We don't know what happened. He was gone for 24 hours. We eventually found him living under the stairs Whoa. in our backyard. And I lured him with tuna. And then once he got out slowly, I grabbed his ass, <laughs> threw him back in the house. And he is, it's interesting. He's kind of, his personality has really changed. Really? Um, He was, he was very, very skittish at first. He didn't really like being pet for the most part. And now he loves getting pet. Nice. And now you can go up to him and pet him. You can pick him up. So he's, he's getting along now really well with Lewis and Alva. I saw Alva cleaning him. Yeah. Alva was grooming him. Alva loves uh, grooming all of us. And so I, I like that. And his name is now Harry. Oh, nice. Come Harry. Harry Potter lived under the stairs. Uh, there's also Prince Harry. He's got a bit of a rebellious streak. Yeah. Uh, Harry Houdini. He's an escape artist. Um, nice. And uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Ah, you know, he's a bit yeah. of a cryptid. Uh, and so, yeah, it seems appropriate for many different reasons. It's good. That's awesome. All right, and don't forget to check out our one-stop shop for anything you need. Um, Patreon, Discord, um, our merch store is there. It's at nondarecalledordinary.com. A lot easier than all of those other it's URLs so we were using. Now you just go there. <laughs> it's all there. And with that, what is it we're talking about today, Brent? Well, today we're talking about, we're going to be doing a deep dive into the first Bundy and a two-part series of A Tale of Two Bundies. Ooh. Those Bundies, yeah, those Bundies are Al and Peggy Bundy. We're going to do a deep dive into the 1980s and 90s classic sitcom. So, I, I'm just kidding. That's not right. Okay. Oh. It's a different podcast, actually. Yeah, that's a none dare call it a sitcom, I believe we're going to be starting. So, <laughs> yeah, very right. different. Lots of spinoffs coming. No, today we're going to be discussing Cliven Bundy. But in another episode, we will be discussing Cliven's son, Eamon Bundy. Which, let's be honest, both of these Bundys deserve a sitcom of their own one day. Maybe they'll get one. Yeah. I do like a tale of two Bundys uh, tonight (laughs) on CBS, 9 p.m. after Cheers. (laughs) Cheers is now being spun off again. We have no more ideas. All right. So first, we're going to start with Cliven Bundy. So Cliven Bundy is a southeastern Nevada cattle rancher who is labeled as, quote, hashtag Yalkaida, waging yeehaw on America. I got to be honest, when yeah. this whole thing became news, I loved, 
I the hashtags. I I got, I'm just going to say right here. I love both of those. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I know. I know. But anyway, besides the Twitter hellscape. Okay. And, and they're actually what, what Mr. Bundy is, is a rancher who is in a 20 year old legal battle with the U S federal government over not paying fees for his cattle grazing on their land on federal land. $1.2 million in unpaid fees to be exact. Ooh, yeah. And this is something I think to keep in the front of your mind is that fundamentally Cliven Bundy is a government leech. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. That's true. He is leeching off the teat of the state. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. I think through all of this. And this all came to a head in March 2014 in an armed standoff with the U.S. government. But before we get into all that fun, let's get a glimpse at who Bundy is. Bundy was known for vocalizing his distaste for federal government overreach. So here's I just want to read some of these fun Clive and Bundy quotes here. We're here to take our state back and act like we're sovereign citizens. Oh, hey, yeah, there he I've is. heard that phrase before. Tying that in. Ooh. Also, this is not about Clive and Bundy and cows. It's about state sovereignty. And then oh. my personal favorite You know what quote. else was about state sovereignty? <laughs> the Civil War. Oh, yeah. That was also about state sovereignty. <laughs> Just remember that. And my personal favorite quote. I abide by almost zero federal laws. So that is just an omission right there. So (laughs) just zero. What I want, I want to know the list of federal laws that Clive and Bundy is following. Right. I would be curious. I would love to see that. So this all goes back to 1993 when Bundy just stopped paying his grazing lease for his cattle. Since then, the BLM has attempted to remove Bundy's cattle from illegally grazing on federal land. So I have to say, you know how you, you see those um, labels on meat packages for like a healthier, more sustainable beef choice at a grocery store, like the grass fed beef or yes, free range. Yes. Can we maybe just clarify a little bit more? Maybe I'm just I'm just asking and say legally grazed beef. Oh. Just so we know we're not buying sovereign citizen beef to support them. You know, we don't want that. We don't. <laughs> this beef was not raised by a patriot. So don't worry. Yes. Don't worry. This is socialist beef. I also have to say one funny thing reading this outline is actually the opposite of something Craig, our patron Craig, has mentioned in the Discord. Whenever he would read BLM as Black Lives Matter, he would immediately think (laughs) Bureau of Land Management. And I'm having the opposite where I keep saying, like, the Black Lives Matter tried to get his his cows out. Like, oh, no, that's Bureau of Land Management. Okay, (laughs) get my. uh, uh, Yeah, it's like the PC thing we had. Yeah, it's like the PC, PC thing we have with like, you know, politically correct or is it posse comitatus? You know, we just don't know. Yeah, that's that's true. So the BLM implemented conservation actions to protect the desert tortoise on specified land. To do this, the BLM brought back previous grazing permits and Bunny responded by ignoring that completely and letting his cows graze whenever and wherever they wanted. Government be damned. So only tortoise grazing, I guess, on federal land. That is all. With all of these things, with all of these sovereign citizens and true patriots this is the dumbest most hysterical reaction to government i know the government is trying to protect desert tortoises that is what like again i do not like this idea that the left somehow owns hysterical overreaction i think this has to take the cake oh god yeah yeah that's a good point So the reason Bundy gives for saying the federal government doesn't have the right to control the land as cows are eating on is because, quote, at the moment of statehood, land inside the new state is no longer U.S. territory and no no longer does U.S. Congress or any of the federal agencies have authority to dispose of the land or make any rules or regulations respected to it. And I bet 
being a true patriot and sovereign citizen, he also doesn't provide any evidence <laughs> of this claim. No. That's my guess. No, none. Okay, thank God. Bundy then, yeah, Bundy then claims that he is a, quote, citizen of Nevada and not a citizen of the territory of the United States. Wow. In- impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I, I bet Clive and Bunny is really, really against the new federal driver's license or what are they, real IDs that we all have to get now. So my yeah, God, you can you imagine? Fucking is. I got one of those enhanced driver's licenses. Oh, I can wow. go to Canada with that. It's nice. It's really nice. That's pretty cool. It's uh, when you're, when you actually decide to become part of society, there's lots of interesting perks. Uh, so I would, uh, <laughs> I would recommend it. Also, I got to say, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed actually in Clive and Bundy. He's saying he's a citizen of Nevada. Mm. when really he should be saying he's the citizen of his county right as is I just think we what all, I was thinking we've all learned yep he's a big government shill of big state shill yeah he's it's sad like he's <laughs> i bet you know i bet he's a lackey for the courts oh god and you know maybe uh the posse the posse's got to get together and deal with him so unfortunately according to the 1848 treaty of guadalupe hidalgo the U.S. government actually does own the land. Bundy lets his cattle treat as a buffet. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> this was a peace treaty between the USA and the Mexican Republic at the end of the Mexican-American War. This treaty gave the U.S. and the Rio Grande as the boundary for Texas. It also gave the U.S. California, almost half of New Mexico, most of Arizona, Colorado, Utah, oh, and yeah, Nevada. Woo! That too. So... Bundy needs to invent a time machine to stop all of this from happening if he really wants to be hardcore about his soft sit life. You yeah, know, I mean, 100 percent. So let's get to the standoff here. So in 1998, the U.S. District Court for the District of Nevada prohibited Bundy from grazing his cattle on an area of land later called the Bunkerville allotment. Oh, my God. Of oh, the bunker. <laughs> it's a Bunkerville. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. God damn. In July 2013, U.S. District Judge Lloyd D. George ordered that Bundy immediately stop trespassing on federally administered land in the Gold Butte area of Clark County. So, on March 27th of the next year, 145,604 acres of federal land in Clark County were temporarily closed for the, quote, capture, impound, and removal of trespass cattle. Fucking illegal. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> We really, we really need to build a wall to keep out these illegal immigrants. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, my sorry, God. Yeah. Ugh, you pay for this episode. I'm so sorry. Undocumented right. cattle. It's terrible. Bundy sent out letters with the title Range War Emergency Notice and Demand for Protection to County, State, and Federal Officials. In the media, Bundy was calling on support from members of the Oath Keepers, the White Mountain Militia, and the Praetorian Guard. The last one sounds real, real fun. I know. That's like, I feel like that should be like, that sounds like a Star Wars battalion. I know. Praetorian yeah. Guard. You yeah. know, they should have like, like, <laughs> la- like a laser lances or something. That's pretty cool. If I was in the advertising department at the BLM, if that's, it's even a thing for the BLM, I'm sure it is. I would suggest we uh, put out counter protest advertisements, signs that say, don't graze on me. Oh, <laughs> with the cow, maybe. So the oh, snake. you should have been know. there. Got to be part of their this. marketing. I should work for the BLM. So Cliven's son, Ryan Bundy, spoke at a meeting of the Bunkerville Town Advisory Board saying, quote, this is an issue of state sovereignty. These large tracts of land that the Bureau of Land Management, Forest Service, Monuments, Parks, and, you know, National Parks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is no constitutionality to them at all. 
And Ryan Bundy, but, uh, you know, he came from uh, the Harvard Law School, uh, so clearly he mm-hmm. he is familiar oh, uh, with, yes, you know, yes, the, yes. with all of the uh, the laws uh, <laughs> surrounding kind of the constitutionality of these organizations. Also, I mean, to his credit, he is so far the only normally named Bundy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I do automatically uh, trust him a little more. I do too. Yeah. So Ryan Bundy, well, he didn't stop there saying, quote, if they're going to be out in the hills stealing our property, we will put measures of defense. And they have always asked us, what will you do? What will you do? And our stance has always been, we will do whatever it takes, open-ended. And because of that, that's why they are scared, because they don't know to what level we will go to protect, but we will protect. Yeah, they're scared you're going to shoot at them because you don't like desert tortoises. (laughs) Seriously. I think that's a pretty good, you don't know what someone like that's going to do. Yeah, so the, the protecting of what wasn't theirs commences on April 5th, when officials of the BLM and law enforcement rangers began their roundup of cattle. An arrest was also made the following day. So on April 12th, a group of armed protesters arrived in the area, calling this the Battle of Bunker Hill. Bundy had called the standoff a range war. So what is a range war? It's a war on the range. <laughs> That's it? I guess. I don't know. And also, it's called <laughs> it's called Bunkerville, right? Yeah. And they're just making it up that it's Bunker Hill? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So the first horrifying blow by the oppressive federal government, notice I've kind of switched my tune here, um, was to set aside designated First Amendment zones where protesters could peacefully protest safely away from the cattle removal areas. These fascist encampments were marked with signs and orange plastic fences along closed roads to make them easier for the protesters to find. So that was nice. So fascist. That is so oppressive. Uh, If I want to get on the back of a cow... (laughs) That you are trying to 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 wrestle, God damn it! That is my American right. Also, I I have to say I find it very interesting how the Bill of Rights yeah. seems to uh, apply. Yeah, in this states, but yet no other federal laws do. That's interesting. How convenient. Before we had our stay at home to stop a global pandemic fascist governor tyrant we currently have in Nevada as governor, uh, we we had had a true American freedom lover by the name of Brian Sandoval. Uh, He stepped up for freedom on April 8th in 2014 and decried that these First Amendment zones were offensive. (laughs) He was triggered by the segregation of the federal land thieves, I guess. You know what he didn't find offensive? Uh, Planning on cutting the philosophy department at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Because if there's one thing I know about philosophy, it doesn't matter. Uh, Eventually, the tyrannical federal government cowered away from the freedom lovers and the protesters were allowed to protest anywhere on the federal land as long as they were peaceful. So, yeah. Oh, and they were also weren't allowed to graze on land themselves if they decided to pretend to be cattle or something. Oh, yeah. I got you. Yeah. You, know what, that. you know, it's it's the, the one thing about this is I'm glad that there's not a double standard. I'm glad that all the protests that are happening right now across the country over the yes. murder of George Floyd. I'm glad that the the federal, you know, the, and the police are, you know, kind of just saying, hey, like, let's basically let them do whatever they want. Right. uh, Like they did for the Bundys. Right. I'm glad that they're doing it. And I'm glad that they're not letting perhaps certain physical characteristics of the protesters. Right. Affect their judgment. Um, That's not happening at all. Not at all. Yep. Protesters blocked a BLM truck demanding to know the reason a dump truck and a backhoe were used in the removal of cattle. The BLM director in Nevada explained it was for land restoration. But that was not good enough. A protester on an ATV struck and blocked the truck. 
This led to officers defending their precious big government truck with lasers and police dogs. Did I say lasers? Holy shit. Yeah, those were tasers. <laughs> I meant tasers. Oh, my God. Damn, That's but now totally I get different. the Praetorian Guard. Now I get, <laughs> get the lasers in there. Bring this to a different level. According to CNN, before they were fake news, quote, federal officials say a police dog was kicked and officers were assaulted. Bundy family members say they were thrown to the ground or jolted with a taser. Armed protesters carried signs that read, Liberty, freedom, for God we stand. Wait, wait, they just said they were thrown to the ground. <laughs> and so now they're saying they're standing? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, here. that's a different, that's some other protest. It's a contradiction. <laughs> One protester holding a sign that read, Obama, no more Wacos, told the Guardian, quote, I studied what happened at Waco and I've seen the way they burn those people out of their church. I'm not going to allow that to happen again. I have to, shouldn't that, okay, so shouldn't that sign, am I reading this wrong? So shouldn't that sign read Clinton no more Wacos? I mean, I've definitely heard of Obama getting blamed for things, you know, after his presidency, but this may be the first time before his presidency. So that's, uh, maybe that's not what they're saying, but oh, I don't know. Basically what he's telling Obama, he's like, look, we're just as fucking nuts right. as David Koresh okay. and the Branch Davidians. <laughs> and so we're gonna, we're gonna make that Waco shit happen again. Yeah. So don't bother us. Right. Exactly. Also, uh, for the record. Uh, it was David Koresh and the Branch Davidians who set fire yes. to the compound. Yeah, there's evidence on that. Yeah. that. Yeah, and that didn't really fully come out until fairly recently. I was going to say, that was, um, yeah. and we so talked about that, I think, in the Alex Jones thing a little bit. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Because that was a very common, like, the idea that the, the government shot fire right. into Well, like, that rules of engagement documentary but, that you can watch. It's like, it's totally not true but yeah i mean some of that's like bullshit yeah you can like hear them you can hear them like you know uh you know is this where we should pour the gas yeah. David? <laughs> you know you can hear them in there like actually doing it God, so up. yeah there you go all right so according to a different guardian article quote he bundy cast the showdown over grazing fees as a miracle in which jesus christ and the founding fathers helped vanquish the blm's army without a shot being fired quote i believe in prayer I felt I've been guided a lot of times by the heavenly spirits. You know, so Jesus, he like the Nazis, like, nah, whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, Stalinist Russia, you know, who cares? Yeah. You know, Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge, you know, whatever. But the Bureau of <laughs> Land Management <laughs> is going to get their due by the fury of Christ. That is where <laughs> Christ is putting his his priorities. Honestly, kind of makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, you know, the thing, the human history is beginning to uh, become much clearer. Yeah. If that's the uh, if that's the priority list of uh, our savior. But ignore all that, because Cliven Bundy addresses the protesters saying, quote, we definitely don't recognize the BLM director's jurisdiction or authority, his arresting power or policing power in any way. And we're about ready to take the country over with force. So very peaceful. Just like Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, peaceful. And I'm glad that, you know, uh, we uh, handled them with kid gloves. Yes. The BLM announced the suspension of the cattle roundup, but that wasn't good enough for Bundy. He suggested that armed protesters should block a highway. And they did, backing up traffic on Interstate 15 for several hours in both directions. I'm sure. Man, I wonder yeah. if we heard a lot of uh, conservative anger about that. I wonder because, you know, every time... There's like a Black Lives Matter protest where they block, um, yeah. you know, streets and whatnot. It's always like this is the worst thing in the world and you should hate yourselves because you're blocking ambulances and such. I bet they said the exact same yep, thing. I'm sure uh, when Clive and Bundy did yep. this, I'm sure, you know, they're they're not hypocritical uh, jerk offs and that they made the same critique right. of uh, this protest. Armed protesters also descended on Gold Butte 
an area where the cattle had been corralled, which initiated a tense one-hour arms standoff. The BLM stated over loudspeakers that they were prepared to use tear gas if necessary. Can we also one of say, the pro- you know, you know, poor cows. Right? Yeah, poor cows. Seriously. They're just in the middle of this. And tortoises. They're not to blame. Well, they're actually all gone and dead. And tortoises, man. Yeah. It's just, it's, that's who I really feel for in this situation. Yeah, seriously. That's like the real victims of this whole thing is the desert tortoise. One of the protesters on site, former Arizona Sheriff Richard Mack, had a great idea. If you, you know, are really into hating women. He said that protesters, <laughs> he said that protesters were, quote, strategizing to put all the women up at the front. If they're going to start shooting, it's going to be women that are going to be televised all across the world getting shot by these rogue federal officers. Yeah, I do really do like the uh, yihadists. Uh, that that does work for them. Yeah, so. that does seem. Although, Perfect I term. mean, I, I honestly think this is kind of weak. I would have much preferred the uh, baby suit strategy where you just yeah. tie infants yeah. to your body. To um, your chest, yes. And then, yeah, and then definitely, um, that makes you look real reasonable. According to a Guardian article, quote, militiamen took position on a highway overpass offering cover as horse-mounted wranglers led protesters to face off against heavily equipped BLM rangers and snipers. And were they directly, so the Bureau of Land Management, like, has cops? Yeah, I believe, I, I honestly not sure who, I think it was partly the, yeah, the BLM. I think it was like BLM like cops essentially um i i don't know don't quote me That's on that interesting. but yeah I like that like being a <laughs> you know, if you need to give a desert tortoise a speeding ticket who do you call <laughs> the blm cops according to las vegas station klas tv quote metro pointedly did not allow officers to put on helmets or protective gear for fear it might be seen as prov- a provocation at the urging of cliven bundy the crowd moved toward the blm compound Rhetoric grew more heated and guns were pointed at officers. So again, again, again I, I no want us all to think yep. about the George Floyd protests. Let's going just keep on, that in our minds where right now. They, all the, the police are also not putting on protective gear. Right. Um, to, we don't want to look so like provocation. Provoke. And yeah. yeah. And if, if a, if someone were to just point a gun at mm-hmm. one of the police officers, the police officers would not fire back. Um, they would not retaliate in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just a quick point of clarification for anyone who is not from Las Vegas or who hasn't lived in the Las Vegas area. Metro is the cops. It's oh, like yeah. The city yeah, cops. Metro. We metro call them. Cops. We call them Metro. So Assistant Sheriff uh, Lombardo said, quote, they were in my face yelling profanities and pointing weapons. We were outgunned, outmanned, and there would not have been a good result from it. Reporter George Knapp said, quote, a lot of scenarios could have played out that would have left a lot of dead officers. One protester was reported as saying while pointing his rifle directly at several BLM employees, quote, I've got a clear shot at four of them. Another man said, I'm ready to pull the trigger if fired upon. So I just, yeah, as Dylan was saying, like, I just think it's, it's a really good thing that these white protesters only pull guns on policemen and didn't give a fake $20 bill, supposedly fake $20 bill to a store. Yeah. They may have been strangled and killed. You know, it's just. That's um, real. It's just good. This was. I mean, the one thing you learn from this is if you if you want to stay safe in a protest, you should all have guns. That's Mm. literally what the message of this all is. Yeah, because that is clearly why they let them do whatever the fuck they want is because they were being dangerous morons. Yeah. Las Vegas Metro Deputy Chief and SJW Tom Roberts eventually diffused the situation by making the announcement that Bundy's cattle would be released within 30 minutes and that it would suspend the entire roundup operation. 
Sheriff Doug Galepsky negotiated with Bundy as well as Neil Corns, the newly confirmed BLM director. Galepsky said, quote, when a group of protesters threaten civil unrest or violence in this county, it is my job to step in and ensure the safety of citizens. So we all know exactly what happened, though. We all know that the sheriff is a top dog in the government. So Bundy mm-hmm. probably just been an authority figure he could respect. And he's yeah, like, OK, let's finally. do this. Finally, I also just love how this is screw the rule of law. We're just going to kowtow to any demands. Yeah. Like, again, yeah, I just exactly. I love how the response to the George Floyd protests isn't oh well i guess we got to i mean they did eventually arrest the guy yeah but i, I imagine that imagine if they were like oh well like you know the only way to stop these protests is to arrest the murderer of george floyd so i guess we're gonna do it yeah. you know like just imagine that right you know i, I just it it's pretty amazing it is. how uh again how um how exactly the same uh these things are treated So the complete surrender by the BLM wasn't good enough for Bundy, who started then making demands that the county sheriff disarm the National Park Service, quote, at Lake Mead and Red Rock Park and all other parks where the federal government claims they have jurisdiction over. You know, I'm sure Bundy and his band of park terrorists would have done a fine job conserving the land of these national parks. It's not like that's a difficult task or anything. You know, it's it's just you can usually just let these things run, let people just hike through it all destroy it i'm sure all these people have beautiful lawns and so it's it's exactly the same it's (laughs) like having a giant lawn exactly so he set a time limit on his full disarmament stating that these arms must be delivered within one hour but that's not all bundy demanded that county bulldozers be used to quote tear down that entrance places where they ticket us and where they injure us and make us citizens pay their fees I have to say, so it's been a while since I've hiked out of Red Rock, you know, the COVID closures and all that, but I completely forgot that this, you know, is so annoying. You have to pay that stupid $10 fee that that man in the big toll booth, when you, when you come, when you go in there, but then he punches you in the face oh, you get a receipt no. and a black eye. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Kind of makes me want to give up on national parks personally, but whatever. I'll take <laughs> the black to, guy. It's to ensure that you, you find it even more beautiful and enjoyable. Yeah. Like, you know, after getting cold cocked, <laughs> you know, you'll like, oh, wow, this is even more beautiful. And I imagine I can only see it out of one eye, uh, but the the beauty is is striking. So these demands, which he described as, quote, mandate from we the people, were just basically ignored by the federal government because the federal government is run by, I guess, adults. I don't know what's going on there, but Ah, that's yeah, that's a problem. On Hannity's show, Bundy said, quote, the demand on the sheriff was de-arm the Park Service Rangers and de-arm Red Rock Rangers. That's two parks very close to Lake Mead area. And then the demand was tear down those toll booth shacks. Can you imagine for like one second, idiocracy getting unchecked, free reign on national parks? I have to say that. Just talk about the garbage avalanche. Jesus Christ. 2020. God damn. I, again, desert tortoises and paying a couple bucks to go to a national park. That is the basis of all of this madness. I know. Do you remember like whenever Trump like the, the government shutdown happened and there was like no one manning any of the parks and people were just going into all these parks and like the toilet there's like reports of toilets like overflowing and like shit running out of everything yeah. it's like yeah maybe that's uh not good kind of need employees just be like that every day having not learned any sort of lesson that these demands go completely ignored bundy then demanded that quote every county sheriff across the united states disarm federal bureaucrats oh geez finally finally <laughs> But these demands were not simply the words of a freedom-loving patriot cowboy from Nevada. According to Bundy, these demands were, quote, a revelation that I received, 
According to an Esquire article, you know, Bundy it's, it's told funny. Crowd, it's funny, like how we, you know, we've talked about, you know, Yal Qaeda, yeah. and uh, Yihadist, and so now he is becoming like the Patriot Muhammad. Yeah, and he's getting revelations. He's becoming, building or Jesus. He's just uh, becoming Jesus. <laughs> oh fuck me! According to an Esquire article, Bundy told a crowd, "Quote: The Good Lord said, Bundy, it's not your job; it's their job." So we come back over here and heard that they had brought some cattle back. So I want you to understand, this is not my job. It's your job. It's confusing. This morning, I said a prayer, and this is what I received. I heard a voice say, Sheriff Glefsy, your work is not done. Every sheriff across the United States take the guns away from the United States bureaucrats. And again, this is a uh, like a government leech demanding mm-hmm. a, a federal handout, well, a county handout in this case, yeah. to do his job. He won't lift a finger because <laughs> he knows he can get the government to do it for him. It's really yep. it's sad to say. Lazy, lazy. In February of 2016, Clive and Bundy was finally arrested by the FBI, facing multiple charges. However, on December 20th, 2017, due to prosecutorial misconduct, which violated the Brady rule, Bundy's case was declared a mistrial by Judge Gloria Navarro and charges were dismissed. Great. Oh, but you know, yeah, so that's fun. But I did skip one very important detail that happened a year earlier on March 10th, 2016. Clive and Bundy filed a lawsuit against Judge Navarro, Senator Harry Reid, Reid's son Rory, and oh yeah, President Barack Obama. Nice. He claimed that the judge was, quote, a Latino activist. Oh, man, that sounds real (laughs) familiar. I know. <laughs> it's almost like that's happened um, afterwards, like it happened again. But yeah, I, I can't seem to recall uh, that incident. All right. But anyways, enough of all the fun cowboy federal government standoff nonsense. What are we missing from this episode? Oh, yeah. Well, we knew it was coming. What episode on sovereign citizens would be complete without some blatant racism? Ah, so uh, yes. Um, I was I was getting a little worried. Not anti-Semitism, though. Not anti-Semitism. Uh, you know so what? that's kind of a nice refresher. They're, they're evolving. According to New York Times reporter Adam Nagorny, In a press conference with his supporters in the spring of 2014, Bundy said, quote, I want to tell you one more thing I know about the Negro. (laughs) Mr. Bundy recalled driving past a public housing project in North Las Vegas and in front of that government house. The door was usually open and the older people and the kids. And there was always at least a half a dozen people sitting on the porch. They didn't have nothing to do. They didn't have nothing for their kids to do. They didn't have nothing for their young girls to do. And because they were basically on government subsidy, so now what do you do? What do they do? He asked. They abort their young children. They put their young men in jail because they never learned how to pick cotton. And I've often wondered, are they better off as slaves? Picking cotton and having a family life and doing things? Or are they better off under government subsidy? That's a question. They didn't get no more freedom. They got less freedom, okay. which wasn't that. I think I think that might part of that might be the direct quote from the early American Patriot. Is it uh, Patrick Henry? I think give me freedom or don't give me no freedom. Yeah, I think it was something something similar. <laughs> but it could be wrong. I forgot his, my history class. Something like that. <laughs> I just again, um, you know, he government. Just, wow. Government subsidies only for white people, I guess, mm. um, because, you mm-hmm. know, that is uh, mm-hmm. his whole livelihood is based on uh, government subsidy. So that's great. I also, they put their young men in jail. I don't 
think that's true. No. I take it that he's talking about the black people. Right. I don't think the black people, black people in general. Right. Are like, you know, we as the kind of the Citizens Committee of Black People are going to put, you know, these folks in the jail. I think it's the police who put them in jail. Yeah, I think you're right. If I'm just a statement or are they better off? As slaves, like this is like present tense here. You say, ah, Jesus, very fucked up. Yeah, right now. Because I mean, I can understand. I mean, it's not like he's concerned with freedom Mm -hmm. or liberty or constitutional rights. I mean, so those things don't matter. So clearly they would be better off as slaves because those things just don't matter. On April 25th, 2014, in an interview on CNN, Bundy said, quote, maybe I send. Maybe I need to ask forgiveness and maybe I don't know what I actually said. But when you talk about prejudice, when you're talking about not being able to exercise what we think and our feelings, we don't have freedom to say what we want. If I say Negro or black boy or slave, I'm not. If if those people cannot take those kind of words and not be offensive, then Martin Luther King hasn't got his job done yet. I do. I have to say, I do want a T-shirt that says, "Maybe I don't know what I actually said." Clive and Bundy. <laughs> Maybe that's a. Uh, it's actually a little too nice to him, but okay. It is a direct quote. I do. I also like the optimism of Martin Luther King still somehow being able to redeem himself and finally do his job. Yeah, finally. So, God. I guess he's still alive. I don't know. Ooh, wow, that's that is a full of wonderful. Also, things. I mean, I mean, I mean, the one thing we should say right here is, uh, facts don't care about Clive and Bundy's feelings. <laughs> that's first true. of all. Um, and I also just like, if I can't call a black person a slave, if I can't tell a black person, black boy, they're better off as a slave than Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> hasn't done his job yet. Wow, that is um, That has got to be in the greatest non sequiturs of all time. It's got to be if God is keeping track of that kind of thing, that's got to be up there. So President Barack Obama joked about Clive and Bundy's use of the word Negro at a White House correspondence dinner that same year saying, quote, as a general rule, things don't end well. If the sentence starts, let me tell you something I know about the Negro. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good rule of thumb. That's just one small example of why Barack Obama's greatest president of my lifetime. And he's really good at what he does. End it. No, I mean, clearly, okay, so you know, maybe the best of our lifetime, clearly um, the best possible uh, president of our lifetime would have been uh, Bob Dole. Uh, that's the one. The one great thing missing from yeah, my life is Bob. One that slipped away. It would have been great. So this triggered Clive and Bundy once once he heard, you know, Obama say this. He said the president made, quote, threatening, mocking and disparaging statements about him in the lawsuit. Yeah, see, this is all, this is another reason that Martin Luther King Jr.'s job isn't done <laughs> is that the president can't say mocking and disparaging things to Clive and Bundy. And he can't you know, he's not getting yes, uh, he's yes. getting offended by it. It's real sad. <laughs> In the lawsuit, it states that Bundy, quote, chose the term Negro because he thought it was the proper term for African-Americans. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I would say African-Americans is probably the proper term for African-Americans. Yeah. I also, do I, I don't, I don't could be. think the Negro part was the worst part. No. I think it was the idea <laughs> that a black person would be better. Black people would be better off as slaves. I think that might be a little bit worse. Yeah, I think that might be worse. All right. So that concludes part one of our tale of two Bundys. Stay tuned for part two. That'll be coming. It's not next week because next week is Dukes, Dukes, Frank, Dukes, Dukes, part Dukes, part three, right? Yes. Dukes, 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 Dukes. Got to find out what he's up to. 
And then, yeah, we'll be back to part two the following week. So with that, we are done. Thank you, dear patrons, for listening to this bonus episode. If you want to suggest topics for new episodes, bonus or otherwise, just head on over to Patreon and let us know. We're so grateful for your support and we'll basically do anything and degrade ourselves in any way to keep your support strong. So please head on over to our Patreon page and let us know what you would like to see from the podcast moving forward.